0: Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Gospel reading there in the 12th chapter, beginning at the 41st verse. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight O Lord our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, I hope you are adjusted to the scaffolding that surrounds us and that you are by now feeling at home and that we are all glad to be here in God's house. Today as you know is the 13th Sunday after Trinity and the text that I just read is one that you and I have known since childhood. We know it, do we not, is the story of the widow's mite and we have always loved that story, I'm sure. It took place on Tuesday of Holy Week. That was the Tuesday before Jesus died on Good Friday. He had spent the entire day in the temple and here it was late in the afternoon when after having had a rough time with the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus went and took his place and sat down at the temple treasury and he watched the people as they came and put their gifts into the treasury box. We are told that many rich people came and they threw in much that afternoon of that Tuesday. Then we are told that there came a poor widow and she threw in two coins, two little copper coins, two little mites which amounted to about a penny in our money. You know there's something about that Jesus was so amazed that he called the disciples to him and he said, barely I say unto you, he said, she has put more into the treasury than all the others, what they have put in. And he went on to explain, he said, they put in of their abundance, they put in from their leftovers, they put in from their surplus. But he said, she put in what she needed for herself. She put in all that she had, all her living." rather strange that Tuesday afternoon in the temple, that Jesus was more elated, he was more thrilled, he was more filled with joy over the gift of the poor widow because it was a sacrificial gift. She had sacrificed something, it meant something, it cost her something, it hurt. It was a gift when she parted with it that she needed for herself. He was more thrilled and more pleased with her gift than he was with the gift of the others who gave from their surplus, who gave from their leftovers, who gave from their abundance, even though their gift was larger than her gift. We may say as we bring it down in your life and mine this morning, 2,000 years later, we may say what's Jesus saying to you and to me about our giving? Today as the living Lord, he sits at the treasury of our church too and he watches your gift and he watches mine this is what he is saying to us today on the basis of this incident of the poor widow he is saying this to you and me as he watches what your gift is and what mine is he is saying this that he assures us that he is more pleased he is more thrilled he is more elated When our gift is a sacrificial gift, a gift that means parting with something that we really need for ourselves, rather than when our gift is a surplus gift, when it's something that we really don't need, even though the surplus gift may be larger than the sacrificial gift. And you and I may be rather surprised at that. is this what Jesus is assuring us? That he is more pleased, that he's more highly elated, that he is more filled with joy when our gift is a, a sacrificial gift, when it really hurts when that gift really costs us something, when it means that we are parting with something that we really need in our life and we really need, rather than when it's a surplus gift, uh, when we don't need it and when we can get along without it we'll never miss it, even though that would be larger, we may say, well, I always thought that when it came to giving for Christ and the kingdom uh, that he looked to see what's the size of the gift, how big is it? We may have that idea and say, uh, Jesus, when he looks at my gift, the first thing he looks to see, how big is it? But that isn't what Jesus says. He says, I want you to know as I sit at the treasury this morning and watch your gift, I want you to know that I am more thrilled when your gift is a sacrificial gift, when it's got a sacrifice connected with it, than I am when your gift is a surplus gift, Even though it may be larger, and all because Jesus said, I want to assure you this, the size is not the big thing. When your gift is a sacrificial gift, he tells us, as he again realized with the widow, then he tells us that your gift tells me something about you that just simply causes my cup to run over. It causes me to
1: bubble over
0: with joy. You and I may say that Christ actually bubbles over with joy when he looks at my gift today and he says, I am more elated when yours is a sacrificial gift and when it is a surplus gift from your surplus, from your leftovers, even though it may then be larger, and that he sees something that simply causes him to bubble over with joy. And he does. You know, there's something that when you and I bring a gift that is a sacrificial gift to him, that causes him to have his cup run over, that he rejoices, it tells him something that somehow or other, a gift from the surplus in your life and mine, even though it may be larger, doesn't tell him. And in the first place, he would assure you and me this, that when the gift that you and I bring him is a sacrificial gift, it is something that costs us something, that's something that hurts, it's something that you and I really need ourselves. He tells us that that gift tells him that we have truly surrendered our all, ourselves, and all that we have to him as again the Lord and the master of our life. Oh, he was very pleased with the gifts of those who were wealthy. He doesn't tell us that he was displeased with a gift from surplus, those who took from again and abundance. But you know there's something about a gift from abundance that if we give him that just doesn't give him the evidence that a sacrificial gift gives. If you and I give him something that we don't need, then the danger is that from our hearts there isn't this, that we have surrendered ourselves to him and everything that we have. You know we talk about the gift without the giver is bare but when we bring a sacrificial gift that costs us something it's something that you and I honestly say I need this myself like the widow she had two mites and yet if anybody ever had need of two mites she did when she brought that sacrificial gift, she was saying to her God I recognize you God as the one who has given me life as the Lord of my life that you own everything we just have sung we give thee but thine own whatever the gift may be all that we have is thine alone. And when in your life and mine we bring a sacrificial gift to him that required sacrifice, then we cause him to bubble over with joy because we are assuring him that we recognize that not only do we surrender to him and belong to him, but everything we've got, it's all his. He's the owner. No wonder he bubbles over with joy when he sees a sacrificial gift in your life and mine. Because then we are saying to him uh, that we love him and his salvation more than we love anything on earth that we possess. Uh, That's why he bubbles over. When your gift and mine, not the size, when it's a sacrificial gift, when we say this thing hurts, this thing really costs, I'm giving him something that I need for myself as the widow. We are saying, Lord, everything I've got belongs to you. You are the Lord of my life, and therefore we are saying by deed, Lord, you mean more to me than anything else in the world. Your life and salvation that you came by your sacrifice to bring, the fact that you came out of heaven and came and suffered and died and brought life and forgiveness and salvation and deliverance and death and hell, Lord, that means everything. that's why as he sits over his treasury this morning and he watches your gift and mine that's why he's more pleased when your gift and mine is sacrificial because then he knows and we've demonstrated it that he really does mean more to us than life itself than anything that we have to be saved to be washed in his blood to be a child of god and therefore you know if we could just remember in this thing of giving into our Christian stewardship for him and his kingdom. If we could just write it on to our souls this morning and we could say, here's what he's saying to me, saying that he is more pleased, he is more exalted, he is more overjoyed when my gift is a sacrificial gift, when I give him something that means a sacrifice, that it means that I really could use what I'm giving him, rather than a surplus gift that I really don't need, even though that one be larger. When we can say that to us, then we ought to stop this morning. We ought to say, Lord, I want to look at myself and I want to see whether I find any joy in sacrificial giving. We may say, and I think most of us say, it's all right for the rich. They've got that surplus. They've got that abundance. They've got that leftover. I wonder how many of us say, well, I haven't got that leftover. You and I may say, well, Lord, you know that what little I've got I need. I haven't got more than I can use every penny I've got. But how many of us this morning say, Lord, and therefore because I don't have an abundance and the rich guy is the other guy, and therefore my gift can't be as like How many of us say, and therefore it becomes sacrificial giving, and how many of us would have to confess and say, Lord, I get anything but joy out of a sacrificial giving? How many of us say to ourselves this morning, and we look at him and we say, and you rejoice when my gift requires a sacrifice that it." Take something that I need for myself. How many of us can turn and say, listen, I need this myself. And how many say, all you do, Lord, is you want my money. All you do is talk about money and money. And when you go to church, that's all you hear. When are you going to stop? You know, I wonder. You no, know, that isn't true. He doesn't always talk about money, does he? You don't hear much about it, do you? I wonder if that is isn't your conscience and mind nagging us. I wonder if that isn't rationalization on your part and mine out of selfishness that we're trying to shame him and we're trying to say to him, oh you want my money and I've got to use it for myself. You know I don't find him nagging us all the time, do you? For our gifts. I wonder if that isn't your conscience and mine. I wonder if this morning when we said to himself, I've given you nothing because I need what I have. How many of us would have to say to him this morning, I don't give you anything. I don't even give you a sacrificial gift because I need it myself. I don't have an abundance. Therefore, I don't give you anything. I wonder how many of us would have to say when he looks, I don't have a red cent for you, Lord. And shut up. I'm sick and tired of having you nag me for money. I hope to God that isn't the way you and I feel this morning but that rather we could turn and repent and say Lord you found joy in sacrificial giving if you hadn't sacrificed yourself and came into this world from heaven and you lived on this stinking earth for 33 years and they killed you and you died on the cross and you did it out of love and this was a sacrifice on your part what a tremendous gift i hope that you and i can stand and say i am experiencing joy in giving jesus what i really need that's all i've got i haven't got any surplus everything i give him i needed and i could use it to good stead and then escape the tragedy of losing him losing life and salvation and scorning him besides how many would-be christians scorn and ridicule him to death nothing but an uneasy conscience a conscience that condemns but Jesus he watches your gift and mine just as he sat there at the temple treasury two thousand years ago and this is what he's saying he said I, I want you to know and I assure you this that I rejoice more When your gift is a sacrificial gift, when it involves sacrifice, when it costs you something, when it hurts, when it's a gift that parts you from something that you really need, then I do when yours is a gift from surplus, when it's from leftovers that you don't need, even though your gift may be larger. Jesus said, because when I look and I see a sacrificial gift, Jesus says, you tell me something that causes me to bubble over. It just causes my cup to run over. And you and I say, what? Why, because Christ assures us in the second place that when your gift in mind that we bring to him, when it's really a sacrificial gift that really costs us something, it's really something that you and I need, and we need it for ourselves, but we give it to him, he says, then your gift tells me that you truly have put your faith and trust in me to take care of you tomorrow to provide for your food and your clothing and your shelter." you know if in your christian life and mine the only gift that we bring is out of surplus out of leftovers uh what are we saying to him is there is there any assurance to him that you and i really trust him to take care of us aren't we really saying this sometimes and is this and this the danger we say lord all you're gonna get is just Well, I don't need myself. You're not going to chase me up a tree and get me out on the end of a limb and cut off the limb. I'm not going to give you the chance to make me go hungry and to go without clothing and shelter. You aren't going to back my back to the wall and then let me stand and be cold and be hungry. No, no. I'm too clever. I'm taking no risks with you, Lord. Don't you ever think it. I'm playing this thing safe. You see, when your gift and mine is surplus, I didn't need it anyhow. But oh, when this poor widow, when she threw in her two mites and she gave that offering, the big thing was she was saying, well, Lord, you've taken care of me up to now. And I certainly put my trust in my confidence. You're big enough to take care of me, that you'll feed me, you'll clothe me, and you'll see that I have shelter as long as I shall live. No wonder he bubbles over when your gift and mine has the element of sacrifice. When again we say, Lord, I could use this, but I'm giving it to you. And then he bubbles over, why? Because it means that we love him so much that in our Christian life we've done away with worry. Because we know that worry is sin, worry is a lack of confidence in him. When the time comes in your Christian life and mind that we say, Lord, being a follower of yours, there's no risk. You've asked me again to bring my gift to you. You've told me that when I give you something that I need, that I can rest assured that you'll take care of me. And you've told me not to worry. And then we say, Lord, you said one day, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or get for your body, what you shall put on. Don't worry about your life. And you and I recall the words again when Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field for they... Foil, not neither do they spin and yet i say unto you that even solomon and all his glory was not arrayed like one of these and we say if god so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow was cast into the oven shall he much more not much more clothe you will yield little faith and we say to ourselves oh lord i'm stop worrying I, I i don't worry about tomorrow i bring you my sacrificial gift and like the unnamed poor widow She wasn't worried about the next day. She wasn't worried about God driving her out on a limb and sawn it off. There was no worry. He bubbles over and he's thrilled to pieces. When you and I bring our offering to him, and it's a sacrificial one, it's something that we could really use and we really need. But we say, no, Lord, this is yours. And, you know, if we could write this on our soul as he watches your gift in mind this morning to his kingdom and he watches is it a sacrificial gift if it is, he says I'm thrilled to the gills when it is my cup runs over when I see what that tells me about you then if you and I can believe that then we ought to deter- determine this morning to thank him that the value of your gift in mind as far as he's concerned is not determined by its size but it's determined by its quality. Isn't it a wonderful thing that you and I know this? Jesus looks out at us with our giving for his kingdom and for the extension of his word, and he says, I'm not interested in the size. That isn't the big thing. Jesus says, what I am concerned about and what thrills me. When you bring your gift, is it something that parts you with something that you really need? Is there an element of sacrifice? Then Jesus says, oh, it just thrills me because now I know you trust me. And then when you and I know that it isn't the size, it's the quality of the gift. And that's why he said of the poor widow, he said, well, she put in more than all the rest of them put together. Because he said she gave all that she had. She gave everything, all that she had for a living. Whenever I can thank him that you and I can be on the equal footing when it comes to giving It's not, again, how big a surplus, how big an abundance, what's the size of the gift, Jesus says. Oh, when I look at your gift and I see that it has an element of sacrifice, I'm more thrilled than if it again were from an abundance, even though it would be larger. Then in love to determine what's the size of this sacrificial gift. There's no command in Scripture that you and I must do as the widow did. To give everything. That's all she had. Two copper coins and she threw them all. You know in cynicism some men say, well why didn't she? After all, two little copper coins, two little mites, a penny. She might just as well starve anyhow. That's cynicism. She gave everything because her love toward God was tremendous. We talk about giving until it hurts. You know there's a hurt that feels good. Jesus says, I'll thrill if you bring your sacrificial gift to me and then give till it hurts give till you've got a hurt that feels good when you and I feel good about what we give him when it makes us thrill it's a hurt that just makes you feel good all over out of love that's the joy of Christian giving and then there comes this enthusiasm that we are part of the kingdom of God and of its work on earth. You know, we get out of something what we put into it, don't we? Why is it that some of us may say, I'm not interested in the extension of God's kingdom. I'm not interested in foreign missionaries. I'm not interested in schools. I'm not interested in the arm of mercy of the church. Could it be this? Because you and I have never learned sacrificial giving. We have never learned the joy of giving for the sake of the kingdom and therefore we're not a part of it we and so all we can do is stand and criticize it all we can do is look and say these are its faults you know you don't criticize something when you put your life blood into it when you and i sacrifice and pray for it when we put into the kingdom of god and its extension something that we need well then we don't criticize the faults of god's kingdom but we're there and we find enthusiasm, the joy, the joy of living. I don't know how it is in your house in mine, but in my home, the first thing that comes when payday comes is the church envelope. How is it in your house? God gets his first. He comes first. Regardless of what's left in bills. he comes first personal incident in my ministry i saw the day in my early ministry when in our home we had the sum total of 10 cents that's all i had in this world 10 cents but god got his gift that soon and i didn't worry i went and bought a newspaper for the dime because he had never failed me and he hasn't paid me to this day he watches you see and he says i I want you to know I'm more thrilled, I'm more thrilled with a sacrificial gift than I am with a gift from abundance. Even though that gift may be larger because when you give me something that costs, that hurts, when you give me something that means you, you've got to part with something that you really need, Jesus says, oh that kind of giving tells me something that just makes me bubble over and you and I say, makes this cup run over you yeah, because Christ assures you and me in the third place that when you're giving in mind when he watches, when it's a sacrificial giving, when it's got sacrifice, when it costs something, that somehow or other that gift assures him that you and I put our faith and trust in him sincerely as regards the one who controls the events of our life oh somebody may have gone up to that widow and you may say how did Jesus know she was a widow and how did she he know that when she threw those two little copper coins in the treasury that that's all she had the best answer is his omniscience he was the son of God he sat there and no, nobody else knew it but here she was a widow and here she gave everything that she had this was her love and it, it just thrilled him if somebody had gone up to the widow and said wait a minute lady you're giving everything you've got uh, suppose an adversity comes to us why did you get down sick in bed who's going to take care of you she may have gotten sick in bed i don't know i don't know what happened to her but i do know this that when she gave that that gift that day to her glory i do know this that as far as she was concerned she was putting the future as far as events in the hands of god you know, god has said to you and me That no adversity, no sickness, no heartache will ever come in your life except he allows it. That he is the Lord and he controls heaven and earth. That there is no luck, there is no fate, there is no chance. That not even a bird, a sparrow falls to the ground without God's will. And When you and I believe that, then again we say, well there's no risk. I'll give him something that I could use because he is going to control the adversities of my life. And it causes him to bubble over because well, then it means that we, again, we love him more than ever, even though we may have to starve, and we may get ill, and we may die a pauper, knowing that if that's the case, it was by his will, and he will overrule it for our good. You know, we stand at the cross, and in the great sacrifice of his son, God overruled that death, that it became the greatest reversal in the world, and that death that sacrifice again accounted for the salvation of the world and it had been provided in him and as Christians when we can say here Lord is my gift it's sacrificial, it costs something I am parting with something that I need but again when we do that and we do it in love we are saying I'm not afraid of tomorrow nothing will ever come Except that you allowed. It. And if adversity comes, it's for my good. It's to get me to heaven, all right. That widow may have died in poverty. I don't know. Word of God doesn't say, but I do know this. If yes, she did, she didn't murmur. She didn't complain. She little realized that the Lord God Himself was watching, and he was just thrilled to pieces that afternoon at that gift and when christ sits at the treasury this morning and watches your gift and my gift he's saying to you and me i i'm more thrilled i'm more pleased when your gift to me is the sacrificial one there's some sacrifice when it costs something when it hurts when it means parting with something that you can really use rather than out of surplus out of the leftovers out of the abundance that you'll never miss and you don't need even though it may be larger, when you and I can say, Lord, I believe that, then we ought to determine to go on to the day of our death, seeing to us that in our giving to him, that there's an element of sacrifice, because, you see, we've said none of us got any surplus. Everything you and I've got, we need. And so to the day of our death, when do we stop giving? Well, we'll stop giving when he stops giving. So the day of her death, let's don't stop when he sits and watches. Oh, a thousand reasons can come in your life and you and I say, oh, not time to stop. Don't do it because I'd like to tell you about a woman that did. You know, in all my ministry, I've only had one person on her deathbed that ever confessed to the sin of selfishness, of greed, of avarice. Rather a strange case, only one. I was called to her home, she was on her deathbed, and with a tremendous heart attack you may say when you see a woman there and just can't live and can't die and very much upset spiritually you may say what big sin was there but you know, this is what it was said as a child i went to church and i gave my gifts to the lord i became a widow and i i needed what i had and i went into business and i had promised the lord that if he would bless me in my business venture that I would certainly see that I would return the blessings to him. Then she said, for 20 years, God blessed me, and I've never given him a penny. And there she lay, and she says, I can't die. Could God ever forgive me? She said to me, if he, the Lord depended on me for his kingdom for 20 years, there wouldn't be any kingdom. I didn't do a thing. No soul would ever have been saved. And we talked. And he says, Could God forgive me? And I explained, He says, How do you give in the church? And I told her about envelopes. And she said, Would you go home and get me a box of envelopes? And I said, When I come tomorrow, I'll be, Oh, please, no. Go now, won't you? And I went home and I got a box of envelopes. And I came back and gave her a box of envelopes. And to that woman's time of death, it was this to assure her that God could forgive for that kind of suffering. Now, let's don't wait till we die and then say, now it's abundance, I don't need it anymore, the risk is over, now, Lord, you can have it. The nieces and nephews, if you don't have kids, they'll take care of that before the Lord gets to it. Then that you and I may, again, as we go on, have the joy of knowing that just as sacrificial gifts thrill you and me. Let's remember they thrill the Lord of the church, too. Can you think of anything that thrills you any more than a gift that involves some sacrifice? Well, maybe a little thing. I can think back when my, our older daughter was only about four years old. She went out in the yard, and I heard her come running up the stairs, and she came running up to me, and she says, Daddy, I picked a bouquet of flowers for you. She picked them for me. It was a sacrifice. They were dandelions. The yard was full of them. But here, Daddy, I picked them for you. And I took them. We went, and we got a, we got a vase, and they adorned my desk. It thrilled me to pieces that a little girl, for me, picks some dandelions. And I remember reading a story about a woman. She was unusual in this that she wore only two rings on her fingers, and the two rings were on the ring finger of the left hand. The one was the simple wedding band ring, and the next, was a diamond ring. And the thing about it that was unusual was that the diamond in that ring was so small that it looked more like a mustard seed. You had to look twice to see it. That's all she wore. And yet she was a rather wealthy woman. And her friends wondered about it and they couldn't figure out why she didn't have some diamonds and that the only diamond was the one that was so small She could hardly see the diamond. And finally one of her friends took up enough nerve to talk to her about it. She said, isn't it embarrassing to you to wear a diamond that you can't even see? Your husband is a professional man. How does it come that he hasn't bought you some diamond rings? Aren't you embarrassed? Don't you feel that people are looking at you? Then she looked and she said, No, I'm not embarrassed. Said, I I will never wear another diamond ring except this one. She said, my husband and I, we were childhood sweethearts. And when we became engaged, when we pledged our love one to the other, he was a very poor boy. He didn't have anything. He didn't have any money to buy me a ring. But he went out and he got odd jobs and he worked. And he slaved. And then he took all that he had one day and he went and bought me this ring and it took every cent he had and oh it's so small i know it's just like a mustard seed and now he's a professional man he could buy me all the diamond rings out but he could never buy me another diamond ring like this one he sacrificed for this one he gave up his life for this one and i shall wear it not embarrassed. i shall wear it in the dormant and I am so proud, I'll never wear another diamond. What brings greater joy in your life and mine than a sacrificial gift? Is it any wonder that the Lord, when he watches your gift and mine, that he's just thrilled to pieces when you and I say, Here, Lord, this cost me something. This is sacrifice. This hurts, but, oh Lord, I want you to have it for you and for your kingdom I wonder how many this is the last thing that happened in the temple when he went out of the temple that Tuesday night he left it forever a rough time all day with his enemies but you know when late that Tuesday afternoon when he walked out of the temple I can just see him walking just bubbling over a poor unnamed widow just thrilled his soul she had given two little mice a sacrifice, a gift to God. And oh, he was just running over with joy as he was heading for Calvary. What a Christ. Let's bring him our gifts and not be afraid. He's watching today. What a Christ that you and I can love him so much and walk the glory and say, Oh, sweetest to sing of thee. Jesus, our heavenly friend, praising thy love so free, Jesus, our friend. Oh, for a heart to praise through all our earthly days, thy wondrous works and ways, Jesus, our friend. I hope when he watches your gift and mine today that he just bubbles over. Really, I do. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting.